Hello and welcome to episode 64 of the NFL Scotland podcast. Cancel all your Sunday evening plans for the rest of 2019. The NFL is back. My name is Cameron Hobbs. And my name is Paul Mitchell. It all kicks off for us now as we preview week one of the 2019 season. We'll share our thoughts on how things will pan out in the opening week of action, starting with the Derby at Soldier Field. We'll then put our necks on the line and share our choices for round one of our 2019 Pick 6 selection. We'll share more information about what you can expect at this weekend's Week 1 live event at the Golf Tavern in Edinburgh. And we've got some announcements for our first ever Glasgow event. They're going to be fantastic. I'll be asking Cameron all about his trip to Cleveland and he met the Scottish Hammer, Jimmy Gillen, now an official member of the Cleveland Browns 53-man roster. In fact, let's start with that, Cameron. It must have been some trip you were pitch side to watch the Cleveland Browns play and see the Scottish Hammer in action. Oh, it was absolutely wonderful. And to be honest, the pitch side thing, I didn't know I was getting that until I got there. So all I had was instructions basically to go to the media tent and pick up my pass and I would get access to the game. Now, of course, nervous because I knew what I was going in and what I had to do. I turned up about three hours before kickoff and thought I would take in the sights and all that kind of stuff. So I was there really early. I established where I needed to go and that was a good start. I went into the shop, had a look around there, got speaking to some fans. There was a bit of entertainment going on, live band, some of these games that you see down at London as well, people throwing um, footballs. I would say the standard substantially better over there in the States. Clearly they play it at school. So some of the quarterbacks, some of the throwing was quite something let me tell you anyway <laughs> i eventually wandered around got my pass and it was at that point that the the guy said oh they've given you a full network compound one you shouldn't have really got that one i was like oh really should have not he's like oh well they've given it to you there you go and off i went in not fully sure of what that meant got in first person that i see when i walk through general manager john dorsey now he's deep in conversation uh, and i was slightly starstruck so you know i didn't unfortunately get the opportunity to go over and say hi or anything like that but i was ushered around to the media section where i met some of the loveliest staff um and i think it was a husband and wife that were part of the media crew there that were giving out the vests to the media people and they'd stopped and spoke to me for a good 10 minutes to give me the lay of the land Uh, every question I had they answered because I was going in not like I say not really knowing what how things worked I've never covered anything in the states and it's done very differently to how the sort of access that we get when you're covering games here in Scotland you'll know yourself Paul if you're doing something at a football ground you get put in a room that's designated for you and they come to you and they send who they want not the other way around so a little bit different there but Anyway, I was then shown how to get to pitch side and immediately went, oh, this is the pitch. Yes, it is. So put your bags down there. Off you go and have a look. Out I went. um, And there's a little sort of picketed fence that's for people that have got special passes to get pitch side. And they looked at mine and went, oh, you don't need to worry about that fence. You can walk anywhere. So walk anywhere, I did. And I walked right up the side as far as I possibly could, right round round the end zone, got chatting to some of the fans behind the goals. Um, I actually took over a Scotland flag, which I gave to some of the fans and got some photos. So we'll be sharing that at some point. Um, and then sort of hung about as the players came out. Uh, Odell Beckham came out, sort of started speaking, started warming up. And then Jamie himself came out. Now, having never met Jamie, but spoken to him loads, he immediately clocked me, came over and presented me with some gifts, gave me some things, uh, a hoodie, a couple of T-shirts, and then proceeded to stand and chat to me for 10 minutes as well before the game. I genuinely thought he might come over and say, hey, I'll speak to you later, and off he'd go and warm up. But he couldn't have had more time for me. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, Really enjoyed it. Then up into the press section, I've never seen food like it. (laughs) <laughs> um, it's you do not get that I think I posted this you don't get that at Wraith Rovers versus Aloha let me tell you there was a choice of pasta chicken hot dogs um, anything there was so much there was free water there was free soft drinks there was coffee uh, there was brownies there was fruit there was a salad bar I, I, unreal this is just for the media absolutely unreal um, great view loads of people around as well and what they do at the games which is unlike anything I've seen before is you're given stats repeatedly throughout the team sheet that they give you in the first place has got all the detail that you could ever want about the players it's got their ages their heights where they 
came from college-wise, um, what position they play. It's got some high-level stats. And then you get separate sheets that give you all the pre-season stats that they've done as well. And then at the end of the first quarter, they come round and give you the first quarter stats. Same at halftime, after the third quarter, and then at full-time as well. They even come round after they've done some interviews and give you sort of a transcript of what's been said. That you... To be perfectly honest, as a media person, you could just sit there and they come to you with all the information you could ever want. But at full time, I got to go down and hang out in the locker room. As I was heading towards it, Jamie comes walking out of the locker, standing next to and chatting to Odell Beckham, who gave me a bit of a nod and an all right, and I'll take that. That's fine. But it was on his way out. Didn't want to interrupt. Uh, but, you know, I was there ultimately to speak to Jamie. So grab Jamie. Went and did the interview that appeared brilliantly on BBC Scotland's The Nine. So really, pleased, uh, really pleased that we managed to get that content onto there. Um, and but I had to wait my turn because there was this sort of media frenzy, a sort of group of reporters, cameras, um, photographers that basically moved their way round the locker room in kind of like a group pack. Um, and they were all over Jamie. They, they they went and spoke to him on three different occasions. So I had to get my opportunity in there to get that one to one with them. Um, hung around, and at the end it was. It was just me and Jamie. Um, there was a couple of Browns people tidying up, but all the players had gone. Jamie's still sitting in his full uniform. He hadn't even, even had a chance to change yet. And even at that point, when I said to Jamie, Jamie, can we have just a quick chat for the podcast? He said, of course we can. So we did exactly that. So this is a little clip that I'll let you guys hear. Um, this is obviously taken from before he found out he had made it onto the roster, but a bit of an exclusive NFL Scotland podcast with Jamie Gillen in the Browns locker room. So it's usually at this time we say that we're joined by Jamie Gillen, but this time we're delighted to be sitting right next to Jamie Gillen. <laughs> uh, Jamie, that's pre-season done. Yeah. Um, you punted like a monster again, two tackles, a free kick from a safety. Jeez, you know, this, this game had a little bit of everything in it. Yeah. But what a way to dot the eye on your pre-season. It's been superb. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was good. It was awesome to go out, um, you know, like one, a couple of punches just been uh, really critical, uh, critiquing myself hard. You know, could have been better, but it's football. You know, and I'm young. It's, it's I'm just going to keep getting better every day. You know, so but it's been a really fun four weeks. Quite an incredible experience. You know, a lot of people backing me up, and it's it's been awesome. The buzz has been something special as well. I mean, I'm, I don't know if you go on social media and look at the comments, but I was doing it during the game. There was Browns fans tipping you for a defensive back. Someone reckons you're at least a linebacker. So, you know, if you don't make punter, there's opportunities there, if nothing else. But that's great to see that, you know, obviously people are being, you know, you're doing something different. You're catching the eye, and that's putting you in a good stead, surely, in the conversations that are to come. Yeah, um... Regardless, you know, I've, I'm, I feel like I'm showing I'm, I'm a team player and I'm, I'm ready to just work as hard as I can. Um, you know, it's just it's just a crazy business. It's super cutthroat. You know, we had a lot of people cut through this uh, little period already and replaced and everything. You just never know. But the NFL, there's 31, there's 32, 31 other teams. This one being the 32, and it's also a, a showcase for all these other teams too because you never know. Um, just uh, I've. Britain's a fantastic punter too. He's a veteran, he's experienced, and it pays to have experience, you know. And that's the one thing I'm excited for myself as I do. If I do get an opportunity here or somewhere else, experience is just going to make me more confident, and confidence, like I was saying, is, it gets pretty dangerous. So, um, you know, this being my second game, it feels like I've... It doesn't feel like my second game, though. I feel like I've been here for a while, so i just got to keep, keep, keep chugging away, keep getting better in practice, and, you know... Have fun. Absolutely. And it looks like you are having fun out there. You know, the, the camera cut to you speaking to Colquitt a lot during the game. It looked like the two of you were going back and forward a lot. And it's great to see that he's obviously giving you the expertise. You can see that you're engaging brilliantly in that as well. Oh, yeah, he's been fantastic. Uh, we just, you know, um, he has been helping me. Uh, we've got kind of a different punting technique, but just situational stuff and you know, you can tell, even when he was putting stuff too, you know, something happened, I'd be like, oh yeah, look like you did that, maybe jam yourself, he's like, yeah, and then he'd say to me, it looked like you maybe dropped it a little bit outside, yeah, you know, just little things that, you know, as a punter, we can just relate on all the levels and stuff, and just see all, based off of how the ball's spinning off your foot, um, like what, you know, what, what you've done wrong, or what you could have done better, uh, so, you know, um, as far as, I don't know how he feels about, you know, not punting today, but he's been really great about it and 
um, at least to me, he's been just big smile on my face, you know, on his face and just helping me out. Um, but I like to try, sometimes I keep to myself a little bit though in the game because I need to stay focused, you know, um, even focus with a smile on my face. But no, he's been awesome. Well, listen, we wish all the very best. This is going out after the, the announcement for the final roster, so we'll know when this pod goes out. But who would have thought the last two people sitting in the Browns locker room would be two Scottish guys chewing the fat over football? Who would have thought? <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> brilliant, Jamie. Wish you all the best. Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> so, Paul, it was really brilliant to speak to Jamie. And I have to say, the whole experience, absolutely superb. I think Cleveland's a really interesting city, not somewhere that I would naturally have gone to. Um, but it's a great sporting location. And any Scottish fan that's looking to go to a game, I would say put Cleveland on your list because, you know, there's a great chance that if you go early in the season, you might get a baseball game. You go later in the season, you might get a basketball game as well. But some great bars, really friendly people. Brilliant. You know, really enjoyed my time. You sold it to me. I, I have to confess it. It was one of these trips. I mean, when you arranged this, you were going to watch Jamie in the final game of the preseason, because we thought he would play, you thought you would get a story which you pitched to BBC Scotland, which is fantastic. Delighted they used it. But I think we, at that stage when we were discussing this, you were talking about potentially him making the practice roster, you know, something like that. But the, the story just snowballed over the last two or three weeks and he turned into a legitimate contender. You know, hence why there was so many people around him. Oh, absolutely. And it was that it was that initial punt against the Colts that got a bit of social media attention. And that was like, okay, that's great. That was a really it was a really good punt. But it was a brilliant, really good punt. Then, of course, he made the tackle against the Bucks. And oh hang on a minute, we've got a punter that can tackle. And then in the game against the Lions, he made the two tackles. And that, because it was a bit of a stinking game as well, that was the focus point in the media room. Everyone was talking about the fact that he could tackle. So, you know, there's a few people who sort of coming down on the side of caution saying, oh, he needs to be careful, not get injured. And then there was some other guy saying, that's absolutely brilliant to see that you've got a player on your team that can potentially do that. Now, at the end of that Lions game, there was a definite different feel where you'd seen him go out and hold and every kick had been successful so there'd been question marks about his holding abilities he answered those and then there was some questions about the punting now he averaged pretty decent over the punts he made one adjustment as well when he got closed down if nobody's seen the game there's a player got through and closed them down he made an ever so slight adjustment to the way that he was standing and kicking and was able to get the ball past the guy that was closing him down that was very much noted in the media section as well and a couple of people had commented on how sort of aware he was of his surroundings and this was quite impressive at the end of the game, there suddenly seemed to be a bit of buzz. And then at that point, it was like, he might actually do this, you know? And then you look at social media, there was so much chat. There was so many people saying, you know, so many of the Browns fans locally saying, you know, Jamie Gillen's my new favourite player and you cannot cut Jamie Gillen. And people sort of saying things like, oh, I'm dreading uh, cut day because it means we might lose Jamie Gillen. That's exactly the sort of hype that he was needing. And that's exactly the sort of hype that he got. But obviously, John Dorsey sat down and looked at this. Now, there's, to cut an experienced pro bowler like Colquitt is a big decision. There's a financial reason behind it. There's the potential upside of Jamie and the future that he's got because he's achieving what he's achieving as a rookie. Um, and you can kind of see why the Browns and Dorsey have gone in that direction. And for Jamie, absolutely brilliant. And the video is now circulating on social media where he was sitting in a, in a, in a bar with his dad. Uh, the news broke and everyone around him uh, celebrates with him. He tried to buy everyone around. They wouldn't have it. They were buying him the drinks. So, you know, absolutely brilliant. Um, I think the Browns fans, by far and large, are all very pro this decision. There's a couple of people concerned. And again, I can understand it because they're they're cutting one hell off a punter in Colquitt. So we really can't talk enough about how well he's done. He's done, he's done brilliantly. And I, having now met him face to face and spent time with him, what a top guy he is. What an absolutely top bloke he is. He could not have given me any more time. Um, if I'd wanted more time, he would have given it to me. But it was after midnight when we got finished. Um, and I needed to let him get away because he had stuff to do. So, you know, I can't say enough good things about him. And it's such a great story. It really is.
It's tremendous. It's not, not I mean, interesting. Colquitt's picked up immediately uh, by Minnesota. He was not going to be out of work. So I think that's really interesting as well. We're really looking forward to tracking Jamie's career. And we, we really hope we didn't expect him to make a roster this quickly. So I think it's it's exceptional for him. And it's great to see uh, a Scott in the NFL. It's tremendous. It really is. It really is. And it gives an added um, bit of attention now to the Browns. And it, it's such a great story. There's so much hype around the Browns anyway. Um, they've got a lot to prove and they've got a long way to go, but they've got the pieces in place. And if he can play his part in that, it could be huge. Um, and let's be honest, if the Browns are doing really well, the chances are that he will not be seen all that often because when they're punting, it means they're not scoring points. Um, but he's going into a great... Um, a great franchise on the rise at a really good time. Um, and he's there's a lot of big characters in there as well. So he can kind of just get on with his job and do what he needs to do and be himself and not worry about it. So it's going to be a fascinating story. And for us back here, it does just add an extra edge to the 2019 season and hopefully for a long time beyond. Oh, absolutely. Just one final thing. We'd been talking about potentially going back to the States for an NFL Scotland 2020. Now, we can tell people we were thinking about Indianapolis, um, but with the retirement of Andrew Luck, we're kind of rethinking that because that was one of the reasons was to go and see Andrew Luck play in his own building. But Cleveland, you'd happily go back? Oh, 100%. Um, And I think that if Jamie's there next season, it needs to be the location for our 2020 tour. Um, I think the fact that you've got Jamie there as well and you've got David Ojabo just up the road. I mean, it's literally about a two-hour drive to Ann Arbor to go and see Michigan play as well. The the opportunity to go and see both of our Scottish boys at the top level of the NFL, the top level of college football. What an amazing opportunity that would be. So I think absolutely loads of lovely little bars in town, loads of little breweries and a really friendly uh, group of locals. Everywhere I went, I got speaking to somebody. Uh, they picked up on the accent. They inquired about why I was there and everybody sat and spent time. A few people bought me drinks. That's always nice. Um, <laughs> let's be honest. It's more than I did in your elite. But, you know, the fact that the baseball stadium the basketball arena, the football stadium are all so close together. Um, the football stadium slightly further away, but the you know you can stand in the middle of the road and you're as far from the baseball stadium as you are from the basketball arena. They are on opposite sides of the road. It's really they're right on top of each other. A great place to go for sport. It definitely is. Fantastic. Look forward to that. So we're going to now talk about week one and we'll come on to, to Jamie's game, but some great games. I mean, and Thursday night's a great place to start. Yeah, absolutely. 100 years of the NFL kicks off with the Derby at Soldier Field. The Packers travel to the Bears. And it is a great Thursday night football. Break from tradition, normally it's the Super Bowl winner that kicks this all off. But because it's this celebratory centenary year, uh, the NFL have mixed it up. And I think that's an absolute cracker to get us going. I think it's a brilliant idea because I think there's a bit of fatigue about the New England Patriots and teams going um, up into New England because invariably they won't win. I think this one... Has everything you want. You've got the rivalry. You've got the storylines, you know, given the fact, you know, Aaron Rodgers has got a new head coach uh, or is Aaron Rodgers the head coach? Who knows? Uh, You've got the fact that the Bears so disappointed after, you know, Cody Parker, I think it hit the post in the bar about 17 times uh, before it didn't go through. They've had a big, big issue about kickers and playoff hangovers do exist and that's what I'm going to be really interested to see how quickly the Bears come out the gate. Yeah, I I totally agree with you and that double doink has hung heavy on them over the off-season so they have moved on from that so they can put that behind them if they want to but it's it's a big game and it's big questions to be asked of Mitch Trubisky because he made such progress from year one to year two. Can he continue on that trajectory or can, you know, can Matt LeFleur come in make a, an immediate impact and was the sort of uh, sort of un- disharmony in the locker room a big enough reason for the Packers to struggle as they did last year now Aaron Rodgers can't really use that as an excuse so we expect him to come out all guns blaring and we saw from this tie last season although I think it was at Lambeau um, you can't count the Packers out in this and if Aaron Rodgers is on form they are very capable of winning this game uh, so many interesting things to, to to see out of this game. The Packers have all their pieces back. They're all fit. So that's a good thing. But really on paper, the Browns should win this. The Bears. 
the, uh, the Bears. Oh, see, I'm yeah, obsessed. I mean, the Browns are good, but they're not that good. <laughs> oh, um, dear. Yes. See, see I, I think it's interesting. I think a really interesting time. If I'm Green Bay, now Chicago, obviously one of your biggest rivals, I think going in week one to their place is a great advantage because neither team is going to be up to speed. And what I think will tip it Green Bay's way is simply the experience of Aaron Rodgers stepping in week one. He's used to it. He's been there. He'll get them ready to go. And I think it's going to be, I think it'll be a one score game either way. Um, but I think that might just give it the edge. I think it's really good that Green Bay are getting the chance to go into Soldier Field because in week one, you know, it just evens up that little bit more. Yeah, I, I was lucky enough to attend this fixture in 2015. Uh, week one, it was Packers at Bears. It was a very noisy Chicago crowd. It was a lovely sunny Sunday afternoon. Um, and the Bears crowd was silenced pretty quickly as Aaron Rodgers came out and slung it around. And Jay Cutler did pretty good at marching them down the field, but couldn't convert in the red zone. Um, so Aaron knows how to silence that crowd. And if he can do it early, it, that is a game changer. It definitely is. Anyway, so where are you going with this one, though? Because this isn't part of our pick six predictions, um, but this game will be done and dusted by the time we have our live one, uh, our live week one event. So who do you think's winning this? I, I am leaning simply towards Green Bay. I, I just think they've got that little bit more, and I think they'll come out. I think it'll be really interesting to see what Matt Lafleur has done uh, with the offense to see if he has changed things. But I think it's all about Aaron Rodgers. He plays, he performs. Green Bay win. Right, okay, I'm coming down on the other side of this one. I think the Bears at home, Khalil Mack is going to hunt Aaron Rodgers down. He's going to be more mobile, Rodgers, because he's fit, but that defence is monstrous. Um, and Yeah, they really are. And I think that that can be the biggest factor. It's the, it's the equaliser to Aaron Rodgers having a great game is how good that defence is. Mitch Trubisky, they've obviously questions to be asked, but you've got Alan Robinson in his second year. I expect more from him. David Montgomery seems to be getting a whole load of hype out of his rookie preseason, so it'll be interesting to see what he can bring. You know, Cohen's dangerous. There's a lot of things. Anthony Miller on his second year as well could uh, continue to be a red zone threat so I think there's enough on that Bears team to win it so I, I've got them winning that one at home Just interestingly I mean if I gave you an over under of 40 points which we which way would you go combined 40 points Do you know I, hmm, I, I would say over I would actually say over because I think that as good as the Bears defence is the Packers will score a bunch of points but I think the Bears are capable of scoring too so I was, I'd go over 40 Interesting, because I, I would go under. So it's good. It's, it's good that we're not agreeing with each other. Yeah. That's it's making for a good start to the to the podcast season. Now we're going to go through some of the other games here. And we're we're going to skip over the games that we've selected for our pick six section because we're actually going to make predictions on those ones, and we're going to commit to that. But the rest of the games we'll just very quickly sort of skirt over. Start off first of all with the Rams at the Panthers. Of course, the Rams with Jared Goff just signed his new contract. He's got paid. He has. He's got a new four-year deal. I'm sure he's more than happy about that. I am still remain slightly unconvinced by him, but that's just me. I know a lot of people absolutely love him and think he's, you know, he is the best thing in the world. But I, I remain slightly... I mean, he's a really good player, don't get me wrong. But I think he just had such a... Well, for me, he had a very poor Super Bowl. So I, I think that, that can be a problem. The Panthers... Well, you know, is Cam Newton fit? There's your question. I mean, McCaffrey will run it all day long, uh, but if there's problems with Cam Newton, they will not win that game. It's, to me, it's that easy. If I'm the Rams, I'm saying to Aaron Donald, forget Goff, uh, sorry, forget Newton, get McCaffrey. And if you can stop Christian McCaffrey in this game, you can stop the Panthers. I reckon it's as simple as that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's possibly the way that they probably want to do is look at that and actually force um, Cam Newton into throwing. Um, the, the gambles are there. I think he works quite well with North Turner. But to me, he's just one of these things. You're never quite sure what you're going to get. I think you saw from the, the program that Amazon had, I think there was a slight dysfunction there as well. So, yeah, I think people will be expecting LA to go and do. You know what? The other when people are talking about this game, the one thing that people are rarely talking about is Todd Gurley. Now, if you go back two years, it was inconceivable you'd be talking about the Rams without talking about what Todd Gurley was going to do. And 
he's become, you know, I mean, I don't know about your fantasy football drafts, but he wasn't getting a lot of love in the the drafts I was in. No, it was uh, much lower down this year compared to previous years. Uh, and, and rightly so, because there's questions. There's questions, lots of questions in this one. There's the, the Super Bowl hangover, never mind the sort of postseason hangover. That Super Bowl hangover versus so many questions of injury on the Panthers, that question of injury on the Rams. Cooper Cup as well, coming back, he was a big player, um, but obviously went out with a season ender. Um, is he back to being fully fit, and can he be as good as he was? Great at getting separation, but will that injury hold him back any? You know, Lots of questions to be answered. We'll move on, and one question that I don't think we even need to bother answering is um, how hard a time are the Redskins going to have in Philadelphia? This is one of the games that on paper doesn't look a good one simply because it looks one-sided from a Philadelphia point of view. However, again, I think this is a good matchup for Washington. You're going to one of your biggest rivals on opening day and you go to their place. They're not quite ready. You're not quite ready. And then anything I think can happen from that point of view. So again, I think that's a good one. Now the Eagles are quite heavily favored. They're favored by almost 10 points on this one. So yeah, I mean, I don't see them losing, but I think they could certainly give it a little bit of a, a go Washington. I think they've nothing to lose in, in those terms. Again, I think it's easier if it'd been the other way around. And if it was the Redskins hosting the Eagles, I think there's an awful lot more pressure on Washington to perform. I think they can get away with an average performance and a loss and it would damage their start to the season. We'll skip the next two, which are Bills at Jets, Falcons at Vikings, because they're part of our pick six section. Then it's on to Ravens at Dolphins, another one that looks very one-sided on paper. Well, in fact, that has changed. It is now the Baltimore Ravens against Miami, because uh, Miami have traded their Dolphin for uh, a franchise tag to be named later, <laughs> uh, possibly from the XFL. Um, so Miami... They, they realise it's going to be a bad season, so they've shipped the dolphin out of there. Quite rightly. <laughs> Look after it. <laughs> <laughs> this is bizarre, and I think we have to talk about this because tanking has happened in American sports, and it's it's fairly easy to do in some other sports. So, for example, in baseball, you can construct almost a triple-A roster and put them out in the major leagues, and such is the difference between them. They are not going to win a whole pile of games. We've seen this in basketball. Philadelphia did it. You know, you 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 get rid of your good players, you get so-called journeyman average players who can play, you'll win the odd game, but you're tanking. Now, interestingly, with, with Miami, they've traded... I mean, Kiki Alonso to the Saints, thanks very much. Yeah. That's tremendous news for the Saints because he's one of their star players. They've got rid of their, their tackle. Um, you know, if Ryan Fitzpatrick wasn't going to be running around like his hair was on fire beforehand... It's going to be now. And you just think, now, the coach, Brian Flores, is coming and saying, no, no, we're not tanking. You know, everybody's here to win. And you know what, Cameron? Both things can be true. I think the front office are making it very difficult for the team. But you rest assured that team will be well coached. They'll be well prepared. They will battle in everything they've got. I just don't think they've got the quality there. And that is what's going to lose. It's not going to be effort. It's not going to be preparation. It's not going to be coaching. It's just going to be the sheer lack of talent compared to other rosters. I'm worried for Miami. Yes, rightly so. And yeah, if you're a fan, you just got, you've not got much to look forward to. Uh, like you say, Laramie Tunsil's off to the Texans. They're left to tackle. Um, it's funny, if you're Josh Rosen... You find out you've been dropped behind Ryan Fitzpatrick and you're thinking, I can't believe I've been dropped. You see Tunsil leave the building and not an awful lot come back in to replace him. And you think, thank God I've been dropped. Because if you weren't, you're getting smashed repeatedly. And that's what he had last year. So poor Josh Rosen and all this as well. I've got to feel sorry for him. But the Ravens will run riot on them. I, I really do think so. I think that uh, they've got a point to prove Lamar Jackson's going to chuck the ball around an awful lot more. There's just not an awful lot of exciting reasons um, to get worked up in Miami. So I agree with you on that one. Um, another interesting game, though, is Chiefs at Jaguars. Again, on paper, this feels like, based on last season, that this should be an easy stroll for the Chiefs. But the Jaguars, of course, now have Nick Foles um, under or front and centre in the quarterback position. He's an upgrade on Blake Bortles. And... You know, if Leonard Fournette has got his head straight and has got fitter like he said he has, 
the Jaguars could start to come back and start to be a force in not just this division, but across the NFL as well. I think this is a really interesting one. I mean, yes, the Jaguars will open as underdogs, which is fine. I don't think they'll, they'll necessarily have a problem with that. I think most people would, um, you know, but you're talking, it's only between sort of three or four points is what, what they're talking about. And I think that's within your margin of error. And I think there's potential for the Jaguars. They've had a good defense for ages. Um, I don't think we've ever doubted that. It's now, can Nick Foles make the other parts work? And you know what? I actually think he can. I mean, they've played each other 12 times. They're 6-6 six and six at the moment. Um, it'll be interesting to see. You know, there's there's players that they're getting back. Uh, you know, Cam Robinson, Brandon Linder, Andrew Norwell, each lost an awful lot of playing time last year. They come in absolutely healthy and ready to go. Kansas have had the overshadows about Tyree Kill. Um, so there's just, just something there. And again, I've said it for the, a few games, and I don't, don't want to sound like I'm repeating myself. This is a good time for the Jaguars to get a good team like Kansas coming into their building because, again, they're going in as underdogs. They're not expecting necessarily to win it. I think they can. Uh, indeed. Uh, Titans at Browns then. For this one, this feels, again, on paper, like it could be quite one-sided uh, in the in the sense that the Browns are pumped up for this. It's a home tie as well. That's going to be a noisy first energy stadium. Um, the Titans, no Taylor Luan. Uh, that's a big loss for them. Question marks over Marcus Mariota. Uh, they obviously traded over the wide receiver as well, Taylor who's been apparently yep. giving away all the secrets. So let's see if that's been effective or not. Uh, Derek Henry ended the season brilliantly for the Titans last year, but it felt like that the Titans had just kind of figured out how to use him. I'm not sure there's enough of a threat on the Titans team to really do that Browns defense any damage. And again, that front seven on the Browns is really strong. Um, they've got good cover at cornerback as well. So this feels really one-sided to me. So how big a game is this? Well, I'll tell you how big a game it is. Is CBS have gone and made this their main game. Jim Nance and Tony Romo, they've bought into the hype CBS. They realise that America's really interested in the Browns. And that shows you. Now, you could go back two or three years. and I mean, if you do something for long enough, everything comes around. When have we said in any of the previous 63 episodes of the NFL Scotland podcast, I'll tell you what, Cleveland are going to scoosh this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those words have never been said whilst we've been in existence. Um, de definitely not. No. Definitely not. So I, 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 but I think you're right. I think that that's that's the possibility. Now they've got a new head coach. You've got to think about that. There is changes to the roster. That there's a lot of parts that are still moving from from a Cleveland point of view. Plus, they are going in as favourites. Now there's a mind shift that they've got to get used to. Yeah, definitely. Um. And it's, it, it's interesting because there's so many good parts on that team. You're right. There's a new head coach and there's new players. Their new wide receiver is new to the team. Um, there's a couple of pieces on defense that are new as well. And it does take time to get these people up and running. Uh, I think the fact that it's the Titans coming first really plays into their favors. Uh, into their favor. Because if it had been a tougher team that was a bit more aggressive, it might have been a hard start. But really, this is the perfect tie for the Browns at home against the Titans to kick off their season. Uh, I expect them to do pretty well in this one. Um, and obviously, it's the ideal start. Like you say, it's the, the game of the day with CBS. Uh, and Sky Sports have picked this one up as well. So if you come along to our week one live event, it will be on the screens around the pub. Um, we'll be showing Red Zone as well. But, you know, you'll be able to watch that Titans-Browns game and everything that it's got to offer. So... It's drawn a lot of attention. That's because of the Browns, not because of the Titans. Um, and it'll be a, it should still be a fascinating game nonetheless. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to skip the Colts Chargers because we'll come back to that one. And a game that for me isn't all that fascinating for a number of reasons and also because I'm biased. Bengals at Seahawks. This is an interesting game. Oh, I don't believe you. <laughs> see, see what, what, what I was told early on in my career, if you can fake sincerity, you've got it made. <laughs> So obviously it's working. Um, 
that this is lopsided again the bengals there's a lot of new things to come out of the bengals and again you give them a pass to go into seattle uh with russell wilson you know there's a little buzz coming back about seattle now you know they made the move um clowny yeah so they've made the move for him he changed, he's a game changer for them. I mean, they basically gave up, I think it was three lollipop sticks, uh, a piece of fluff that was down the back of the sofa for him. I mean, it's an absolute steal. I mean, they, they should be invest, being investigated. It's a heist. It wasn't a trade, it was a heist. I reached out to Ewan Destacqua, who, of course, was on the show last week as our resident Texan fan, uh, asked him his thoughts absolutely raging i think was his exact words <laughs> and and rightly so fine they went out and got um tunsil but they paid a hefty price for him um what they gave Kleine up for was a whole load of nothing um barkevius mingo you know the, pfft, he's already a journeyman he's not even that old um it's an interesting one dk dk metcalf has actually got a chance of making this after having some minor surgery just two weeks ago apparently his recovery has been brilliant so there is a chance he could play the concern for me with the seahawks is that there isn't a lot of receivers obviously with baldwin retiring tyler lockett's the number one there's not a lot of options for russell wilson but wilson's shown time and time again he doesn't actually need options he can run around he can make space for his running backs he can he can get it done the bengals need to hunt him down they need to stop the run if they've got any chance of doing it joe mixon is a great player but you know Clowney is going to be an interesting one because Clowney either goes for Wilson and hunts him down or Clowney is going to focus on stuffing the run uh, and getting to Joe Mixon and if they can if they can sort out those two things as well you you stop the Bengals so both teams coming into it looking to do the same thing as a, as a contest I yeah I don't think it'll be up to much to be honest um, we'll skip Niners Buccaneers we'll come back to that one and Giants at Cowboys um, obviously, this one started to feel interesting for me until the news broke earlier on today that um, Ezekiel Elliott has indeed also been paid. There's a surprise. Yeah. I mean, in Jerry world, I think they were terrified. Um, you know, they've got a window. They've actually got quite a useful roster. If you to break down Dallas... They're decent. They've got a chance at the division. They're hosting the Giants. The Giants are not going to start the new boy. They're going to stick with Eli. Um, could it be the same old Giants? Barkley is obviously the threat. Shepard's decent out wide, but they're not going to start Daniel Jones. It's going to be Eli Manning, who is still a serviceable quarterback. But would you trust them to go and win on the road? And what people might find absolutely shocking here, and and. I, I hope people are sitting down uh, when they hear this. This is actually the main game of the day on Fox yeah. in America. <laughs> Fancy. Unbelievable. An NFC East tie getting prime billing on week one. I mean, that it's utterly, utterly stunning. I'm not sure when that last happened. Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? Exactly. Exactly. Um, we'll come back to Lions Cardinals, uh, but the late game on Sunday is the Steelers at the Patriots. Um, got to fancy the Patriots in this one. Lots of questions to be answered from the Steelers. What are they going to be without Bell, although they were without him last year, and without Antonio Brown? Can Juju step up and be that number one wide receiver that a lot of people are tipping him to be? Um, Washington, they're expecting a lot of stuff from as well, but really there's a there's been a bit of change in the Steelers. Will it be a case of remove the distraction in the locker room and actually this team will gel and do really well? Or have they lost enough talent and not replaced it to struggle? So as you know, I'm not a doctor in any way. But if you've got a tumour yeah. and you cut it out because it's going to make your body better, it still takes time to heal. I think the Steelers are still needing time to heal. That's the only medical analogy I'm going to give them the whole season, <laughs> by the way, because I don't have a clue about any of that stuff. And if I watch casualty, I pass out, so I never get to the, the gory bits. But I think that's the problem. I just don't think they're ready. I mean, they'll, they'll compete well enough in the division, but you wouldn't fancy them having to go up to New England and win. It's the big Sunday night football game. Al Michaels is there. Chris Collinsworth, Michelle Tafoya are all there. So that, that's pretty good. So that, that'll be a good one. Yeah, I think the, the one player that I'm really interested to see for the Steelers is Devin Bush, the linebacker. There's been so much talk about both Devin White, who will come on to it, but Devin Bush as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he copes with that game. Uh, goes into it from Michigan, um, was a good player and could disrupt things. But 
it's Brady and the Patriots, so you'd be a fool to bet against them. We'll come back to Texans at Saints, the early of the Monday night games, and we'll finish off just the, the run-through with the Broncos at the Raiders. You know what? This is one of these games that you've no idea. Um, the Raiders have had a pretty good preseason. Uh, John Gruden has been highly entertaining on hard knocks, but there's other things in the mix. It's the last season um, in Oakland. How are the fans going to take that? Not very well. Uh, how will Joe Flacco play? Well, they're so confident about Joe Flacco. The Broncos got rid of their other quarterbacks. They've got an injury, to be fair, and it's Drew Locke who they drafted. But they just cut the other three and four guys and they're looking. I don't know who they've brought in. I would need to look at the depth chart. So, you know, they need him. And if anybody is going to have a little bit of swagger and a little bit of a chip on the, in fact, not a chip on the shoulder, a statue on their shoulder almost. It's Joe Flacco. He's got so much to prove. And, you know, there's a sneaky amount of talent kicking around there in Denver. You know, Emmanuel Sanders is healthy again. So Flacco to Sanders is a potential combination. This is a horrible game to try and choose because you never want to buy into the preseason hype of any team. Uh, and that's the, the danger of doing that hard knocks. You fall in love with the Raiders a little bit, you know, and the wonderful narration about a pirate, you know, pillaging things. And it was just wonderful television. So I'm not quite sure where this is going to go. Brandon Allen is the quarterback that they picked up. I just had a Thank quick you. look there. Uh, cut by the LA Rams, picked up by the Denver Broncos. Um, so, yeah. Good times. Um, you're, <laughs> you're right. Um, it's 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 an interesting one. This is the Hard Knocks game, and it's interesting because of Hard Knocks. It's interesting because there's been so much change. This is Gruden's first real season where it's starting to become his team, and you can actually put some responsibility on it being his team. Let's see what the influence of Mike Mayock uh, is going to be. Let's see what Josh Jacobs is all about, because we haven't seen him at all in preseason, really. Um, we've heard good things, Great, yeah. but until we see him out there, it's just good things. Um, obviously, see, I, I disagree with you slightly. I, th I think this is a this is a free pass uh, for both Gruden and Mayock. I think what will what will be more important is how certain key players perform. Not the whole fifty three, because I don't think they're talented enough. But I think if there's enough shown in certain key positions, quarterback Josh Jacobs, you talked about, seeing how the lines are. I think it starts next year when they're in Vegas, when it all starts again. I think, you know, I'm not saying that they could go 2-14 and 14 and everybody would be happy, but I think if they win five or six games, that's probably enough to see them uh, through. It, uh, to me, the Raiders is about individual performance. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a fair challenge. Um, I, For me, I just think Gruden needs to have enough of an influence to see progress. I still want to see progress this year. If there isn't any and they stink again, then, you know, how many years and how many rounds of picks do they need to get to get that progress? And, um, it, you know, he's not going to be under any threat. He's got that massive contract. So uh, he's not going anywhere anytime soon. But um, it, it's certainly an interesting one. And the hard knocks thing just makes that bit more interesting, to be honest. So, yeah. Right, okay. Well, that's kind of us wrapped through those games. I think, Paul, it's time to move on to our pick six section. So we'll go right back to the top uh, and we'll kick off, first of all, with Bills at Jets. And because I'm running this bit, you can go first. Uh, Bills at Jets. The good thing about this game, it's got one of my favourite announcers uh, calling it Kevin Harlan. I think he's tremendous. Rich Gannon's very good alongside him. This is the retooled, remodelled New York Jets who decided to be exceptionally bold and brave and, and all credit to them they went and got Miami's head coach I mean that that was that was gutsy <laughs> that that you know that that was ballsy that was gutsy from them um, I, I don't understand the, their thinking behind it all uh, Adam Gase showed flashes of brilliance he also showed flashes of does he really know what he's doing uh, so I'm not convinced the difference in this game to me will be uh, Bell, I expect Bell on his debut to come out and run and run and run, and the Jets will go one and zero. Yeah, I, I, I keep moving about on this one. To be perfectly honest, I think that Josh Allen's going to have a really good second year. I think there's enough reasons to be excited in Buffalo. I think they're going to progress, but because this game's in New Jersey, um, it's a home game for the Jets. It's 
plays into their side uh, for that. I think that, yeah, Adam Gase aside, Bell is a threat. Sam Darnold in his second year has also got a lot of skills about him. I think he'll have a good year as well. And there is just more of a threat on that Jets team than there is on the Bills. So I'm going to kick this whole 2019 pick six section off by agreeing with you and going with the Jets. (laughs) Can I just say one one thing? Your your point on Josh Allen is a very valid one. And if people wanted to go back to round about the draft last year and some of the early episodes of our podcast, I did say the cards picked the wrong Josh and I stand by it because Josh Rosen is out the door and Josh Allen, I think, is the better player. That's a fair call. Yeah, no, that's a fair call. Um, So let's move on to the second game of our section and that is the Falcons at the Vikings. Okay, I mean, if you ignore my natural bias towards the Falcons, um, I can look at this and say, I think this is one of these games, and I think a lot of the games in the NFL, you call it because the home team will will have the advantage, and I think that's what it will have here. Minnesota, big year for Kirk Cousins. This has got to be his team. He's got to take them. He's got to prove that Adam Thielen, it wasn't just a, a one-off, so Thielen, I think, has got to get going. Cook's got to get going in the backfield pretty quickly, and I think if those three can click, I really like what Minnesota could do. Atlanta, they've got all the threats again on offense, Ridley uh, with Jones. I mean, Matt Ryan is just... A, a great quarterback I still think their problem will come on defence the one good thing I think for Atlanta is they cannot go through the injury uh, catastrophe that they suffered last year they can't do that again that, that would be highly unfair yeah who are you coming down on Minnesota the Minnesota right okay so it's interesting now um, we've got a Pick'em competition this year which is sponsored by McBookie uh, which we'll come on to in a minute. But as part of our pick six section, we're going to be talking about the odds with McBookie as well for these games. And the Minnesota Vikings are heavy favourites to win this game. Um, you know, over two to one favourites to win this game. And for me, that's uh, I'm surprised by that. I think that the Falcons have enough of a threat offensively to make this certainly an evenly contested game. And I think that... Julio Jones has been carrying a slight knock is the only question mark that I've got there. I think that there's there's questions to be asked of Kirk Cousins. He needs to have a much better second year in Minnesota because he was disappointing last year. But the Falcons do have those players back from injury on defense. They've also got Devonta Freeman back, who is a great runner, and we know that he's capable of being a threat. Um, I thought that Austin Hooper really had a, a good year last year at tight end and became a threat. Calvin Ridley, great player. Mohamed Sanu is a great wide receiver. Um, and obviously Julio is just arguably on his day the best wide receiver in the NFL today. So I'm going to come down on the Falcons on this one. I think they're going to cause an upset when it comes to the odds and the bookies. And I think they're going to go up to Minnesota and I think they're going to get a win. Interesting. It's, it's good that we're going to disagree. I suspect we're going to disagree on another one soon as well, but it's, it's nice to be different. Absolutely. So the next game up at 9.05pm is the Colts at the Chargers. That's an interesting one beforehand, um, but since we've lost Luck and now Melvin Gordon isn't going to play, it's still interesting because there's probably two of the best players for either of the teams aren't going to be on the field. Yeah, I saw that Jacoby Brissett had tweeted, uh, what's on the other side of a black hole? Uh, to, to which I answered Blake Bortles, which may or may not be correct. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's harsh, I know. <laughs> Uh, this, I mean, with Andrew Luck in, this is a really interesting game. Without him, it's interesting from the point of view you want to see what Brissett is going to do because they are a team, the Colts are a team that are ready to win. They have lost the biggest piece, and I was slightly surprised they didn't try and do something. Uh, I mentioned on the last podcast, go up to New York and get Eli Manning and let Daniel Jones start in New York, you know, make a reasonable offer and run it from there. I still think that would have been a good idea. Uh, Chargers all the way for me. Uh, it's, it's the smallest little stadium in the NFL. It's a cute little place. Uh, there'll be plenty of Colts fans there because I'm sure they would have booked uh, who wouldn't want to go to LA to watch your team start the season. So there'll be plenty of away supporters. There has been quite a lot in in that ground. But yeah, Chargers for me. 
Right. I, do you know what? I'm going to agree with you. Uh, I'm going to say Chargers for this one as well. But I do think this could be quite close. I think that that Colts offensive line is a different line to that that Brissett played behind previously with the Colts. So he's going to have more time. He's going to have more protection. And if he goes into it with a calm head, he may do well here. Marlon Mack is still a great running back. Um, and behind that line can do damage. On the defense side of things, I think that you've got Darius Leonard as well, who had a great season last year, led the NFL in tackles. Uh, and ultimately, you've got the Chargers coming in with two running backs that are decent, but are not Melvin Gordon. They're really not. So you've still got Keenan Allen. You've still got Hunter Henry coming back. And there's definitely threats there. Philip Rivers is a great quarterback. The defense for the Chargers is solid. That's just enough, I think, to do them. Derwin James is a big loss for them at safety, though. Um, and if Brissett can find his arm and find some accuracy, he's got a whole load of options as well. T.Y. Hilton's fit. Devin Funches has come in there. Paris Campbell, there's loads of hype about him. Eric Ebron, Jack Doyle are both uh, end zone threats. So the Colts, like you say, are ready to win. The only question mark is Brissett. If Brissett can come out and prove that he is a capable quarterback, they could definitely win this game. But I think it might take a week or two for Brissett to get warm. Uh, and I think that the Chargers do win this one. So the first then on to the next, the first of our sort of biased games, because it's the 49ers at the Buccaneers. Right. I, I suspect you're going to go for the 49ers here. Um, am I right? I'm saying nothing until you commit. <laughs> well, <laughs> as much as it pains me, uh, I've, I'm going with the Tampa Bay Bucks. They're at home. They've got Bruce Arians, Jameis Winston. We're, we're hearing about, you know, Winston, you know, is ready to, to gamble, to throw. Uh, there's a little bit of swagger back there. They've got enough talent at wide receiver. I'm going to take the Bucks. You tell me why the 49ers are going to win. So they're not going to win. Um, oh. And I'm not going to be able to do it, to be perfectly honest, because I think it's just too early in the season. Um, I think that Jimmy's going to need a game or two to get back to form. I think that the Nick Bosa, obviously, is not going to be 100% to start the season. There's a bunch of new pieces on defense. They're going to be really good, and I think the 49ers are going to make great progress this year. But I actually think this one might come just too soon. Uh, and I think that Jameis Winston, O.J. Howard, Mike Evans... Um, there's not much of a threat at running back for the Bucks, but fine, they can probably get away without that. There are enough pieces there. Chris Godwin as well, of course. Uh, there's enough there to do damage. Um, I think this will be a high scorer. I think that it, the the Bucks will score a lot because they're good on offense. I think the 49ers will score a lot because the Bucks aren't great on defense. Um, and I think that's going to be the combination of it. I think it will be... Sim uh, very similar to the, what the Buccaneers did to the Saints last year on opening day. And I think that Polly, who's who's there and came down and, you know, he, he had to sit and listen to us all trash the Buccaneers all the way through the live event and then he saw them beat the Saints. Um, I think he's going to see something very similar this year. I think that there's going to be a bunch of people saying, nah, not the Buccaneers. And the Buccaneers are going to just, just do it. I think it'll be by three, though. I think it'll be close. Yeah, I think it will it'll be cool. I'm, I'm going to stick with the Bucks. I, I, th I think they're good enough. Both going Bucks there. Right, Lions at Cardinals. Lions at Cardinals. Now, do you believe the Murray hype? That is the question in this. Again, you're looking at a rookie against an experienced quarterback, a second, you know, a second or third year head coach in Matt Patricia. So I think the Lions are starting to get there. I'm taking the Lions on the road because I'm not taking all the home teams, which you know, which is sometimes the easy thing to do. I think the Lions can get off to a good start here. Um, the Lions are one of these teams that I don't think we pay a lot of attention to because of the division they play in, they're overshadowed uh, by better teams. But, you know, they've had a couple of playoff runs in the last few years. Matt Stafford was, at the time, the highest played player in the league. I think there's just enough about them. The cards, I mean, they were awful last season. Um, a one-and-done head coach is quite rare. Picking another first-round quarterback to start and shipping the other one out is quite rare. And I think it's going to take a little bit for the cards to get up and running. So uh, the Lions to roar in the desert. The Lions to roar in the desert. Okay, you can, you can quote me on that. Okay, that's good. I will because the Cardinals are going to win this. Um, <laughs> and the reason I say that is that the Lions don't do particularly well against new rookie quarterbacks. I don't think. Um, and you go only need to go back to Week One last year when the Lions hosted the Jets. 
Um, and now it started brilliantly for Detroit. Pick six, Sam Darnold. Welcome to the NFL. Ha ha ha. It finished Detroit Lions 17, New York Jets 48. And of course, the Jets scored 31 points in the third quarter as they just absolutely capitulated in the in the second half. So I think the, the Cardinals are going to do the, the, the same because this is going to be Kyler Murray coming out for the first time. And we're going to see what he's all about. He's got options. Larry Fitzgerald is still there. And I think that David Johnson is back in fit. Uh, I think that the Cardinals will have more talent than the Lions. I think Matt Stafford's a great quarterback. I think that Kenny Galladay is a really good wide receiver. Uh, Marvin Jones as well is very good. on Johnson's all right as a running back without being sensational. I just yep. think the sum of the parts on the Cardinals has the greater potential to be a threat than the sum of the parts of the Lions. And the fact that this is in Arizona definitely comes down on their side. It's going to be a really excited, pumped-up Arizona crowd coming out to see their new quarterback. And I think that's going to be a big factor in this. Um, I'm not sure that Matt Patricia is the man to, to turn things around for Detroit. I think the Cardinals win. Okay, interesting one. And then we'll close this one off with Texans at Saints. Well, the, the Texans were a great rush defence last season, but the secondary were problematic, and I don't think you want to have a problematic secondary when you play the Saints. We saw that when we watched the Eagles take on the Saints in New Orleans. If you're not right there, you are going to have a problem. So the Texans ranked third against pass-catching back. So, I mean, that might Alvin Kamara might have a little bit of difference, but I'll tell you what, they don't have what it takes to deal with Michael Thomas. I think there was only one defence worse against wide receiver ones. Uh, they didn't rank very well against tight ends either. And this is where Jared Cook then comes in, because I thought it was a real weakness of the Saints last year, was the tight end position. Now, the pluses for... The Texans, well, Deshaun Watson, a healthy Deshaun Watson's going to cause problems wherever he goes. They've got the wide receivers and DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller and Kerry Cote. If the Saints have a problem, it's in the backfield as well. I see this as a high scoring game, a bit of a shootout, but Drew Brees at home will take the Saints through. So I'm actually going to come down on the Texans on this one to be controversial. I think that... Tunsil's going to give Deshaun Watson that little bit of protection. And I think that you've got wide receiver two and wide receiver three of the NFL. And I've already said, I think that Julio Jones is the best. And I do, th- I think he's wide receiver one. Two and three for me are Michael Thomas at two and then DeAndre Hopkins at three. And actually you could interchange any one of those top three all the way around and you could form a solid argument. They are sensational, the two of them. There's two great quarterbacks here. The, the advantage that the Saints have on offense is that they've got running back whereas the Texans don't. The Texans' advantage is they've got more than one decent wide receiver, and I'm not sure that the Saints have that. They've got a great tight end in Jared Cook. They've got a, a, a pass-catching back in Kamara, um, but I'm not sure that there's enough depth at wide receiver to really keep going all night long. Um, and yeah, I think I mean, that might be the factor. I agree with you. I think it'll be high score and shootout, and I think that the Texans just have more options on offense to be able to get it done. See, I think Ted Ginn will be sneaky good this year and perhaps there's a few people sleeping on Kurt. Keith Kirkwood who's the Saints' third string wide receiver. Uh, plus, we've got the Mormon missile who can be used at any time. Uh, Sean Payton has a big red button that he can press and that'll make all the difference. Yes, indeed. But So I, I, I agree with you. I think this will be a high-scoring thriller, um, but I am coming down on the side of the Texans. Can I, can I also mention what, what I was slightly relieved to see? Uh, this is going to be treated as ESPN's main game. Uh, Joe Tessitore is going to be there. Of course, no Jason Witten in the booth. So it's a two-person booth, two-man booth, call it what you will. Joe Tessitore and Booger McFarlane. Lisa Salters is on the sideline. So I think that's quite an interesting one that they've not gone and changed that booth for the ESPN. The later game, Steve Levy comes in to take over in the later game because remember, it was Beth Moens and Rex Ryan last year who went together as well as jelly and hot sauce. (laughs) There'll be someone listening to this that likes jelly and hot sauce uh, (laughs) and and I will direct their complaints to you, Mr. Mitchell. Uh, But no, you're you're right. Um, And it's a it's a good Monday night football commentary team needs to get better. Uh, It was it was poor last year. So it's good to see that they've made some adjustments without disrupting it massively because chemistry is hard to get on these things. Um, 
So, yeah, but I mean, it's actually two really interesting games on Monday Night Football. Texans at Saints is going to be a thriller. Broncos at Raiders will be a thriller for very different reasons, but both of them really interesting contests. So I think they've picked pretty well for TV this year. Um, And that's that. So for the pick six section this year as well, of course, Paul is the current champion here on the NFL Scotland podcast. Last year, what was that? What was that? Sorry, current champion. Can you repeat that? Yeah, current champion. (laughs) You know, you're only as good as you did last week, and last week there was no game, so that's let that be what it is. Um, But this year we're doing something slightly different. Last year it was myself versus Paul versus our weekly guest. Not going to have a guest necessarily every single week this year. So what we are doing is we're putting all six members of the NFL Scotland team up against each other. That means we've got picks from Ian Stephen, Charles Patterson, Gordon McGuinness and Jamie Borthwick. Every single Thursday we will put these out on Twitter. There'll be a little graphic letting you know what the current score is who we've picked. We're also going to include the McBookie odds for our six folds so that you can get an idea as to who's really going out on a limb and who's playing it safe. And I think we'll keep a track of all of that for when we come down to the end of the season. If we've got a tie break, the odds overall will be the tiebreaker. And the person who's gone out on a limb more often will be the one that is victorious. So it's all starts all back to zero, Paul. Last year counts for nothing. You know, you can only win year one. I'm going to win year two. The, the pressure's off because I've got a win in the bank, so I, I can relax into this one now. So so that's fine. And thanks to our friends at McBookie for sponsoring that as well. They will also, you know, sponsor our Pick'em competition as well. Which is great, and we've been putting that out on Twitter as well. So we've got a really good prize. We've got, McBookie are basically putting up for us a signed NFL shirt. The team and player in question, to be confirmed, we'll be confirming that soon. They're also putting a £100 free bet up to the person who wins our Pick'em competition in 2019. We will be putting up an exclusive NFL Scotland hoodie. We'll also present the winner with a Pick King or Pick Queen of Scotland trophy come the end of the season. So it's going to be worth it just for that. Oh, it's going to be terrific. I really, I like the Pick'ems because you've got to be brave and, and try and identify the, the games that are going to give the upsets, the away fixtures where the teams are just going to come in and just upset a, just a team that perhaps you won't expect. You've got to be brave. You can't, you can't be daft. And the reason I say this is because I won last year. Yes, indeed. So we've got about 100 people uh, already signed up at the time that we're recording this, which is absolutely brilliant. We want to see that number increase. So keep passing this round, share it with your mates. Let us know your username so we know who you are. Uh, We'll be keeping track of all of that. And we'll give little updates as to who's sitting at the top of the table every single week when we're recording our week sort of results slash preview show for the following week. So um, keep playing as well because we're going to do a, a prize for somebody who completes this every single week. So everybody that completes for all 17 weeks of the regular season, all those people will go into a hat. One person will be drawn. That person will win an NFL Scotland hoodie as well. So, Paul, just before we wrap up then, um, any news items catching your eye? No, I think we've covered most of the things that, that are there. You know, I mean, it, it's been a difficult week for a lot of players. I mean, w- we talk about, you know, teams getting ready and things. If you were on the bubble and have been cut, you're now having to keep yourself fit. You're having to keep yourself active. Whether you like it or not, you're probably going to have to sit in front of the telly on Sunday. You're not going to be taking part in one of these games, but you're going to have to watch the games. You're going to have to know what's going on because rest assured, it's the old football mantra. Somebody's going to get hurt. You're, you could be next man up for somebody on their roster and you've got to be ready. And I just wonder how hard that must be, the psyche, especially if you thought you were going to make a roster that you don't, but you know you've got to look after yourself. You know, you just can't go out and get blitzed somewhere and, you know, go and eat bottomless chicken wings. Um, you, you've got to stay the athlete that you are. Yeah, absolutely. And you your chance can come at any moment and you've seen it there's been so many players have come and been given an opportunity some are able to grab it and some just aren't um so you got to be ready you got to keep yourself fit and good to go and there's still a lot of players out there you know you've got players like des bryant who are still without a team and um, now obviously he's battling his way back to fitness but it'll be interesting to see if he can land on someone later on in the season and I, for- he'll, he'll be back at the saints that you you can take that as read from me. He'll be back at the Saints. Right. They'll be interested. Right. Okay. Well, I did say there wasn't enough wide receiver threat, so you definitely would add to that. <laughs> 
Um, right, okay, so that's us now then until our week one live event uh, this Sunday at the Golf Tavern. Still tickets available. We'll be pushing them over the last couple of days. We've got a really good crowd coming along for it though, so absolutely brilliant. Thank you to everybody that's bought their tickets so far. We look forward to seeing you there on Sunday. And Paul, we've got so much stuff um, available and we've got a raffle that we do after our event. We always do this during the early games. Top prize that's been put up by the Golf Tavern. Two tickets to the Texans versus the Jacksonville Jaguars at Wembley later in the year. That's a brilliant prize. There will not be a better prize available across the country in American football terms, and you can get that by coming along and entering at the Golf Tavern. We've got loads of other bits and pieces that that we want to give away for people. We don't do these events for profit, in case people wonder. We basically reinvest in merchandise and items that we give away, and there'll be giveaways throughout the season as well on the NFL Scotland Twitter account. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to Sunday. I have a new jersey to debut as well on Sunday so I'm looking forward to that I don't have a new jersey I'm disappointed two fronts I tried to get one um, here in the UK but it was an extra £25 for the player I wanted just because it wasn't in the standard stock so I was like nah not paying that tried to find one in Cleveland couldn't get that I then even looked for a Gillen 7 nah not to be had yet I might get myself a Gillen 7 but um, yeah so I will be in my same old top so yeah Times are tough here in the Hobbs household. Let me tell you, I've just had to pay myself to Cleveland. So cutbacks are <laughs> happening as we speak. <laughs> I might try and win some of the prizes myself because I, I need some say, new stuff. <laughs> has the dog been cut yet? Yeah, yeah well, yeah, she needs it. Um, so, But it should be a really good event. Really looking forward to it. If you come along on Sunday as well, you will be the first to hear some exclusive news about our event that's taking place in Glasgow. Now, we've touched on this a couple of times. Um, but we can tell you now that it's definitely going to take place on Sunday the 29th of September at Committee Room 9 and it will start at 4 o'clock so we can confirm that for you now we've got a couple of guests already lined up Uh, we'll give you some more information about those there's a name in there that you will definitely know you will definitely know and if you don't you'll have a great time finding out about them Um, an absolutely great guy as well so we're really looking forward to speaking to him um, but if you come along to our live Edinburgh event, we're going to give you an exclusive opportunity to buy tickets for Glasgow. We're going to give you some exclusive news about who is going to be attending there. So something else for our Edinburgh crowd to look forward to. Oh, it's going to be tremendous. Really looking forward to Sunday. And I'm also looking forward to getting us on the road to Glasgow as well. Um, yeah, it's great fun. Really, really enjoying these live events. It's great to interact with people. And you know, if people are listening and think, well, I've nobody to go to, go with, come along. Oh, absolutely. Everybody talks. Yes. It, it's, it's an incredible event. And I think this, this is unique, I think, to American sports. I've seen, you know, some baseball gatherings down in England. And I think this is one of the things you can come in with your jersey on. You can talk to people. There is a real love of the game there. And the other thing we should say about the golf as well, the food's fabulous. It, it really is fabulous. Um, you know, the chicken wings are back. Can't wait to get my kilo of chicken wings. I will definitely be having that. Um, And that's it. Yeah, we open up the whole bar as well. There's an upstairs and a downstairs. There's screens everywhere. We'll be showing Red Zone with the audio. We'll be having the Sky Games on as well in the background. Uh, They'll be on visual, not with the audio. Um, And yeah, like you say, everybody just has a really good time. We got chatting to so many people. um, And there was people there right till the better end as well. The the golf will keep showing the, the second games right as long as people are there. So, you know, stay, hang around watch the football with a bunch of like-minded fans and just come and have a great time. We're really looking forward to it. Indeed, I'm just delighted the Saints can't get beat because I'm 0 for 2 in the golf tavern (laughs) at the moment. So the Saints don't play till Monday, thankfully. (laughs) Well, anyway, right. That concludes things then for episode 64. We hope you've enjoyed listening. Again, we'd love to hear your feedback, good and bad. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter at ScotlandNFL and on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash ScotlandNFL. Thanks to everybody who have been listening, sharing and chatting about the podcast. The numbers, our Twitter numbers have grown brilliantly over the close season. We're delighted. Thanks for following us. Keep sharing the podcast with all your NFL friends. Continue to let us know what you think. We're looking forward to seeing you at the Golf Tavern this weekend. If you've not got your tickets yet, there is still a few left. So do come and join us for all the week one action. 
Remember to sign up for our Pick'em competition, make your selections and see if you become the next pick king or queen of Scotland. We'll be back next week to digest all the weekend's action. We'll look ahead to week two and we'll be announcing our guests for Glasgow. Lots coming up, but until then, enjoy your week one football and bye for now. <laughs> 